Welcome to another edition of the officially unofficial Roto Heat Guillotine League podcast. It all comes down to this. The moment we have all been waiting for. Whether you are actively setting a lineup or if you've been gone since week one, two, or three, this is the episode for you. The man, the myth, the legend, Stebs is on the podcast this week talking about his demise, edibles, trades he shouldn't made, and how much we're just talking junk about other people. Let's get started. The moment I and everyone else has been waiting for, but he perhaps has not been waiting for, and that is as we introduce Stebs on the show. Buddy, how's it going? I'm not thrilled with this. (laughs) I mean, I I was hoping we would talk, but I was hoping we would talk at the end of the year. You know, if somebody (sighs) thought that, if someone was to accuse me of doing the podcast and having like a massive shadow ulterior motive this would be it it would be to get you on the mic with me i don't have an ulterior motive but this would be it if i did Uh, well job well done thank you i mean (laughs) you know i hoped it would be at the end of the year but i you know i kind of i danced with the devil and it didn't work out so it it would be very off-brand for us to start with football so instead The more important question, the question that everyone wants to know is, what are you drinking right now? Because you're clearly drinking something, right? Uh, Right now, just a beer, you know. Just a beer, going kind of white. Yeah, yeah. You know, the wife and I went out. out, We went out earlier, but, you know, I figured I would try to be a little tame and behaved. I mean, I believe that – I could be wrong on the time on this. I feel like at 11 a.m. you told me you were headed out to the bar. Is that wrong? It was 10.57 when I sent that, I believe, to you. Okay. They weren't open yet, but we were heading there. <laughs> this is so golden already. Like, I don't know what I expected this to be like, but we, we are just off to just such a great start. So I want to give you sort of a chance to just, for lack of a better phrase, emotionally vomit for me in terms of how are you doing right now? The dust has, the dust has kind of subtle, settled on, you know, you being removed from the guillotine league, but close. It was close once again. Talk me through this. Where are you at right now? How were how was this week for you? How were the last couple of minutes of that Monday night football game? Dude, I, I'm depressed. I know we talked uh, probably like a couple of weeks ago, and I told you that I don't really get that invested in winning and losing. Mm-hmm. You know, I go out to win, but it doesn't bother me if I don't. This was one I wanted to win, <laughs> mostly because I, I, I drafted myself into a corner. And I feel like I had to fight out of it, and I fought one too many battles there. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sad. I don't want to go. I was ready to battle it out. But to, to be fair about this, you knew you couldn't win, right? Or, or did, you, did you think you could just keep pulling rabbit out of the hat, out of the hat, out of the hat? How many times do you play and a a stud like Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara, they put up like a five spot. You never know. And then you have some random tight end too who catches two touchdowns. Any given week, you never know. I felt like if I could get there, you never know. But you thought you could get there? Um, I I thought I could have made it a couple more weeks at least. Before I really started going up against 
like legit loaded teams. And I was trotting out there, uh, Melvin Gordon as my RB2. Um, and then I figured probably like week four, like four people left, five people left, I'd be done. But I wanted to get a couple more out of it. <laughs> what was your fab budget? If you had survived this week, what would you have had to spend on waivers total? Maybe like 94 cent, I think. I kept bidding on people for a dollar, just trying to get random people. Like I picked up Calvin Ridley, hoping he would come back. If he comes mm-hmm. back, he's a legitimate stud I would never get with my fab. Sure. I picked up Chase Edmonds because you know what? He can, he can get you 15 in a week. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out though. <laughs> I think it says a lot about you that with 94 cents to play with, you thought you could get to the championship. And I'm, oh, not, saying that that's, I'm not saying that you are wrong at all. If anything, I wish I had that much faith in anything that I do to think that. I mean, I mean, we're talking anything. I believe what uh, for the Eagles, Jalen Rager dropped the touchdown. That's four points right there, and the yardage. I probably, I'm probably going on to the next week. The littlest of things, all that had to do was happen, and I'd be on to the next one, and we'd be down to what six people. Yeah. So top six, I mean, that's already pretty damn good with what I was working with because I traded myself out of my lineup and spent my money very quickly. I mean, not to, not to belabor the point, but I think you're right on the Rager thing because it's four for the touchdown. It's one for the catch. It's probably at least 20 yards. So what is that right there? Well, that's I mean, I had seven? hurt, so I'm getting at least four. And I think I sure. lost by like four and some okay, change sure, maybe. Sure, sure. So any little thing right there could have done it. Apparently, I found out Kareem Hunt was out that last drive because he was hurt. So who knows? He done that drive. He gets a couple catches. I'm moving on. It just that's what that's what we love about it, right? You just never know. How am I how can you predict that DK Metcalf and Kareem Hunt would get like not even six points combined? I'm glad that you brought up your side of the trade because I think it's I mean it's gotta be the thing that is talked about when we look at why, you know, you're not setting a lineup this week. Did you at any point think you could survive without making that trade? Because just when, when you just look at the numbers, Diggs alone saves you. Because D- Diggs breaks 20, and Kareem Hunt and DK don't get you five. So that's a 15-point swing by, by, by just keeping Diggs. No, absolutely. And I definitely, obviously, I would have played him. And then I would have played Elijah Mitchell, who got, what, 28? So I definitely yeah. trade. Now, it, at, at the time, the trade made sense. And and this was my defense when I got asked about it. Kareem Hunt, while hurt, he was averaging five to six more points more per game than any running back I had. To me, that is a running back I was not capable of getting on fab at any point in the next couple weeks. I felt like I had an abundance of receivers that could cover that. And you're getting DK Metcalf back. I mean, the guy's supposed to be, what, a first or second round startup pick? You don't expect to put up, what, two and some change, whatever you got. You got, like, one catch, I think. So I'm thinking, okay, well, the guy's got to put up numbers. And the running back I'm getting back at the time, I felt like could put up 25 to 30 in a week, where the guys I had, I felt like were more 8 to 12, 10 to 14 type uh, level players. Everything is easy to second guess afterwards. And because I enjoy – active stebs if we can refer to you as that 
you know, I, I just wish you hadn't done the trade. I mean, because the way I look at it now, and it's so much easier to look at it now than it is the position that you're in. And I am, of course, the last person to talk about making desperation trades in this league is Kareem Hunt's coming back against Baltimore, who has one of the top run defenses. So I think you got to cap what he's going to get a little bit. Not so great against the pass, though. And you expect sure. a lot of dump offs. And that's would have known I he wouldn't that. catch one pass. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't even know if he got targeted once. And that the game D- was rough. And the DK thing, and I say this as someone who owns him in another league, which we are both in together, he has not been good since Russell Wilson has come back. Every time Russell Wilson throws downfield, it's Tyler Lockett. He's thrown to the side of the field that DK's on, and it's never to DK Metcalf. It's always to Tyler Lockett. I don't know what – does he hate him? I, I literally don't know, and I'm worried about him. You know what? I, I was asking my wife the same thing. I don't, why doesn't he, this guy, look at him. He's bigger than everybody mm-hmm. on the field. How are you not just throwing it up to him at least? And it's not that he doesn't get open because when they run the replays, you can see it out of the corner of your eye. You can see it off to the side that he's open. Wilson's just not giving him the ball. And I don't know if, that, if that's a product of the line, but that doesn't make sense to me because Lockett is running deeper patterns in getting the ball. And DK's running shorter patterns, getting separation, and just not getting targets. When you're watching a game, and even the announcers cannot understand mm-hmm. why this man is not being targeted, I, your guess is as good as mine. Is it Wilson? Is it Pete Carroll? I mean, you know, I don't understand why you have a, a, a man that is talented as he is, as big as he is, and you're not even throwing it up to him. Right. Hoping for – how many calls – how many pass interference calls have we seen this year? where they just throw it up mm-hmm. and then the defender runs into the receiver. Just throw it up. At least you're getting your, I'm not getting anything for it, but you're getting yards and you're moving the ball. Maybe you get a touchdown, anything. If they get down the field, actually when I was watching the game, they, they, they did, they scored at the end there. And I was like, Oh my God, who is it? And I saw it was like Gerald Everett. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> sorry for language. I'm like, damn it. I was like, there's no way. Even if they get in overtime, I just feel like it's just not going to happen at that point. So but any little thing would have helped. But they didn't even try. It wasn't even fun. It could have been close and fun. I mean, you're not wrong. When he throws that ball and the receiver, who we we then find out is Gerald Everett, falls to the ground, I thought maybe it was DK too. I thought maybe they just forced him a target. You know, know, they need a two-point conversion just to tie. Maybe they're just trying to, you know, make sure there's no drama in the next coming week with DK. So maybe they, they just forced him this touchdown and what's kind of garbage time. And, and it wasn't. And obviously, you know this, that, that would have been enough. That would, anything anything would in the perfect. end zone. Right. Anything oh, in the 100%. end zone would have been enough Anything in the end zone, I'm good. And you think when you have him, because like you said, in that league you have him, so I, I'm sure you were watching as well. Mm-hmm. You expect that he could pop off for like a 50-yarder and it was like, it'd be, it'd be nothing. And he got nothing. He, he got thrown the ball like twice. Like, what, what is going on? No wonder. I tell this to my kid, my son all the time. I don't understand. I think these coaches make it harder than it really is sometimes. Even the quarterbacks. Like, why are you throwing a fade to your RB3? If he was that good to catch that, he wouldn't be the third running back on the team. Throw it to your, your studly players. That's why they're out there. So when fantasy people get upset, like, hey, my guy had two catches. Why? I don't get it. Like, throw it to your guys. That that's why how you win football games. Throw it to your better players. All right, I'm good. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. frustrates me. 
Yeah, and that's rough. I mean, going out, going out in any fashion is obviously hard. It's worse when there's all these opportunities where it's, you know, because really they throw him one pass, he breaks a tackle, that game is different. If he's the guy who catches that touchdown pass, the game is different. You know, you obviously had a couple of different points where – Oh, I had plenty of points that I look back on. Right. I was watching that Eagles game too in the red zone and it was like anything. Oh, my gosh. I mean, honestly, like those picks too. What are those picks like about – I want to say they're about two points a piece. Oh, 100%. I think I, I might have lost it today. He threw what? Three, three or four? He threw at least three. I, th- I think it was so three. That's at least three points, and I lost by like four and some change. So, But if he doesn't throw those picks, maybe they get some yards after that. Yeah, um, or I mean, and this is – and I, I think He I was said, your downfall too, wasn't he? Uh, he was uh, – Jalen Hurts <laughs> has been – any moments of success I have this year or futility I have this year, all sort of ride – on Jalen Hurts. He had 30 fantasy points last week. He had like eight this week. With, with my little bit of budget I had when I saw he was on the waivers and I got him for whatever, mm-hmm. some change. I was like, oh, fuck. I think that's an upgrade over Burrow. Only because of his rushing ability. And he, right. he does put up 20 plus most weeks. That, but he, when he's your downfall, man, he puts up a bad one. I mean, the thing, that, the thing that kills me about Hurts, and this happens a lot, and this is why I think he's actually really hard to project because they get the ball inside the five. And my thought is if they just call a passing play, he's going to get either a passing touchdown or he's just going to break off a run and run in. And they had it on the one and gave it to Boston Scott. I, I saw that play, and I, lo- I looked at my wife. I was like, oh, they're going to run this That was in. it, right. I'm like, they're going to run this in. Let them let fake it, take it in himself. That's all I wanted. And that would have been it. That would have just that would have did it. It's the one. It's the one. He doesn't even need to fake it. All he has to do is go That's up over true. the they top. They can just go forward, yeah. Which that, I don't ever see him do anything like that anyway. So I wouldn't expect that. I guess that's always what I expect, though. Like, you know, not to always bring this back to the Bills, but like when the Bills have it on the one yard line, they they just let Josh Allen go. Yeah, their go quarterback's over. also two hundred and what fifty and, pounds. That's fair. That's fair. He's a big, he's a big boy. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna, he's going to take that beating a little bit better. So this is obviously a lot of things we've discussed are not positive for you, but I do want to say that you did do what nobody thought you could do. I mean, I can't tell you how many people on this show came on and said, well, as long as I can get to week six, I'm fine. As long as I get to week six, I'll survive because you had that by apocalypse roster that was coming in. And I'm not kidding. When I say this, I think everybody counted you out except for you i mean i had no receivers i think that week like yeah. not one that i picked up and my dumb ass weeks before i'm picking up like amari cooper and i'm not even looking at the buy i'm right. like oh let me just get some players and then i all of a sudden one week i looked at it it was probably like week five and i'm like oh fuck i don't have any players on week seven i'll get some don't worry i'll get some then that week went by then that week went by and i'm like all right i really got to pick someone up and I kind of got myself down to the end there where I had to overpay for the, for what Gordon and Patterson, I believe I picked up. I really had to overpay. Now they helped me get through the week. So that's Mm -hmm. all that mattered. And that is to me, the thing that you can be disappointed. Now you can be pissed, you know, upset, sad that the, the season is over for you in terms of setting lineups for this league. But like, and this sounds, this sounds hokey as hell, but like no one can ever take that away from you. And I like I, I think if you look at if you look at who maybe we would consider like some of the 
really knowledgeable owners in this league. If you want to consider, you know, Rob Sullivan, really good. Anthony Leone, I guess is really good. Uh, Darcy has, has a really good team. I think, all, and I, I play in leagues, you know, with most of those other guys, ex- with the exception of Leone, and they always have fairly strong teams. I don't know that any of those guys are pulling off what you did. So I think, you know, it's such a huge credit to you to be able to survive. I know this, I would have way too big of an ego to take a quote unquote loss on a trade. And I, and I just wouldn't survive. I would go down and I, I would say this, I would say, well, I'm going down swinging with who I have and I would have been gone for sure. I, I, well, I mean, you kind of tried to dabble in that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't have helped anyway, so I guess it worked out, but you know, I mean, when you know you're on that edge, you make choices that you normally wouldn't make. I would never make that last trade I made in Dynasty. I would hope. But, and there's a reason that, and I, I'm okay if Rob wants to go back to no trades. Um, there's a reason there's no trades in these leagues because you know if you're at last, you're out. So you're going to get desperate. Mm-hmm. Now, as I don't think the trade was awful in like Dynasty, I would never make that trade. I would keep McLaurin and Diggs every day. But I was desperate. I felt like I could upgrade my running back spot better than I could ever have unless I maybe made it to the final three where maybe some people are down the money and I can get, grab a guy for 48 cents. Uh, you know, so, you know, I was trying to upgrade that spot and I got desperate and kind of backfired on me. That's all. But I, I, and I, so that's why I can see why he doesn't want trades next year. Cause it makes sense. You, you do have people that get that got desperate. You got a little desperate. I did. I, admit, I, I absolutely admit it. In fact, and, and no one would see this except for Rob, before I accepted the trade, I actually sent Rob a message and said, hey, I'm sorry for what Leone and I are about to do to this league. So, like, yeah, I, what's, what's crazy is, and um, I was telling my wife this, I said, I think I slowly did what you did, but I did it slower. I did it in, like, smaller lump sums. <laughs> Well, I think you're, no, okay, well, here's the difference. So here's what I do know. I was told that there were a couple of people unhappy with the trade that you made. But anyone, if anyone would have objected, we would have reversed it right away like we did with your trade. But no one objected. Correct. And No one said anything. I got one message from someone and I I explained my reasoning and that person told me, okay, fair point. So, and that was all I got or I would have happily reversed it. I mean, I'd still be here if I did. Well, and don't you think don't you think the optics are different on a trade being made before the start of the week and a trade being made 45 minutes before Monday night football? Oh, when, 100%. When I'm all but cooked at that point. 100%. Mostly because I don't think anyone thought you had a chance anyway. I didn't. Even with Tony. I mean, Tony has had one good game. I just needed right, another one and a game. half good games, you know, and he hasn't even had it with starting quarterback. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the backup. Um, and that was a desperation move that would have inflated his bankroll, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you probably had no chance anyway. Still, that's fair. And I, I think mine I was more. I was trying to think long term, and it just didn't work out. So when we look at who's left in this, and so the list on who's left, Chris, James, Curtis, Anthony, Rob, and Darcy. I don't expect you to know everyone's roster on there, and I'll, I'll comment on this first so you have a moment to think about it. I think everyone kind of is 
kind of talks about Anthony because he's he's the villain in this league. And so it, there's a lot of eyeballs on him, a lot of attention on is the villain going to win? You know, Rob is obviously really active in the chat. You know, he's the commish, so people are paying a lot of attention to him. And Darcy's kind of been up there in the most points scored spot for a while now. So I think he's got a lot of eyes on him as well. The guy I'm looking at is Chris, though. Chris, to me, has a roster that, like, if those guys get right, that's tough. He's got Josh Allen, who has not been great, but, like, he plays – I want to say he plays, the, he plays the Jets again. He plays the Falcons. He plays the Panthers. So he's got a lot of chances to put up some big numbers. And, you know, he's one of those rushing quarterbacks. He's got Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, you know, your buddy there, Josh Jacobs. He's also – Let's not talk also, about that. Don't he's also got, got Marquise Brown. Uh, Jamar Chase, if Jamar Chase goes back to first half of the year, Jamar Chase, Jarvis Landry, Thielen, Mike Williams – Mark Andrews and Rob Gronkowski. I mean, that could be a 200 point week if those guys go off. And remember, there's more teams that are going to get eliminated. So that's a guy who, and I want to say he's actually the lowest scoring team that is left. I think he's the lowest scoring team that's left. Yes, he is. But when I look at his, his roster, I see relative health and just an opportunity for some smash plays with those guys. I mean, yeah. I, you don't think so? I, I, I mean, listen, there's what, six people out there all good. Yeah. The, the, if these are not the best upcoming weeks in this league of watching them to smash each other, I don't know what is. Because there's studs everywhere. Um, I like his team. I think it's a little boomer bust. Um, in the wide receiver department, Mike Williams, Jamar Chase, Hollywood, they're all like, they can go off for 30, but they can also go off for five. Um, the running backs are nice. I, I love running backs. So uh, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, Josh Jacobs apparently remembered he was on the team last week. He did. And so he was on your bench. That's good to know. Um, he was on two benches, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> to my defense, that other team, I, I think I started like Eckler, Mixon, and uh, Najee Harris. So okay, that, basically that, his team. That's fair. Um, <laughs> uh, I love Najee, but I don't know what's going on there. I feel like the last couple of weeks have been kind of down. Not as crazy. And we saw what happened to the Browns on Sunday mm-hmm. night. Yeah. And that was a way Lamar Jackson threw four interceptions. How are you not moving the ball up and down the field? This can't Even run the Nick, ball against I mean, Baltimore. I, I believe you have Chubb in that league. I'm sure that didn't help you. I did not. And you just traded for him too, didn't you? Yeah. I have. So in, you're, you're talking about our Superflex 48 league, in which yes. I am in currently in first place through a tiebreaker you situation. You are in first place, though. Um, I, in that game, I, had, I went into that game needing a big, big output from three guys. I had Marquise Brown, I had Mark Andrews, and I had Nick Chubb. And I thought, if these three guys smash, it doesn't matter what DK does on Monday night. And the only one who was really any good was Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews has been good all year. I think I sent him to you, but I'll, I'm happy with the return of Cup. I'll keep that. You did. You sent me Mark Andrews and Jalen Hurts for Cup and Juju, which then Juju. I stupidly turned into Cortland Sutton in a second I gave them as well. Yeah, I don't have any picks in that league. But anyway, yeah, so I'm out. It was a fun ride. <laughs> So I had this thought, and I'm, I'm curious where you land on this. I mean, I, without counting, I want to say I'm in it 
three leagues with you, maybe uh, more, honestly. It's this, it's 48, it's the Empire League. Is that it? Yeah, I think, yeah, there's three. Okay, so we're in three. I had this weird thought today as I was thinking about this conversation, and I was thinking about how I'm get, just getting ready to collapse and somehow miss the playoffs in Superflex 48. And I thought, I don't know that I'm good at this. I know that I like, I know that I love like fantasy football and dynasty leagues and the community and setting lineups and things like that. And just like the weekly ebbs and flows of watching your players perform or lack thereof. But I don't know that I would ever look at someone and be like, yeah, I'm good at fantasy football. Like, do you think you're good at this? I don't think any of us can ever say we're good at it. I think some of us do better than others. I, I, you know, I guess that would make you good at it. How can you be good when it's a lot of luck? I don't I mean, know. I think you, look, you I, could have the I, I think best Rob's running good? back in football, Christian McCaffrey, sure. for at least Dynasty. And he's played, what, seven games in two years? How many people took him first this year, last year, and he's done nothing for them? I guess good is, I guess good is hard. To me, like, when I look at someone who's good – there's guys I play in leagues where their teams are consistently contenders year in and year out. And if they're not, they're like in the bottom two or three. I think if you're good, you're never in six to eight. Okay. And, I, and, I, and I play in leagues with guys who are always in that six to eight range. Hell, sometimes that's me. So, you know, but when I look at guys like, like Rob, Rob to me in most of the leagues I play in, with him he's either a contender and because i talk to rob fairly regularly i know how he's doing in some of the leagues that i'm not in with him he's either a playoff contender or has torn it down and has gone into rebuild to me that's someone who's good because they're able to recognize when they don't have a shot to win it and they're not holding on to delusions of making a run when they really have no chance i don't know that i'm good is basically what this comes down to well, you have to look at it uh, on two fronts. Okay, so we play in a lot of leagues with uh, people who kind of do this for a living or if sure. not for a living, they do it because they love doing it. So, mm-hmm. But they, they put a lot of effort and a lot of work into it. All the, all the YouTube, they put out all the content. We play in them the leagues with them. And if you f- do well in – all right, so I'm in six leagues with most of all of you. Three of them, I'm, a, I'm in the playoffs or in the contention of the playoffs. I feel like that's pretty good because I feel like I play mm-hmm. with a lot of knowledgeable people. So I would consider myself a solid player. You know, and if you do the same, I look at you the same. And you're all, dude, come on. You're in first place in our league. I mean, and that's a, it's a pretty competitive league. I mean, we don't have a lot of people at the bottom. Mitch. <laughs> all right, one team, but... <laughs> But like everybody else is, they were all, we were all hovering around that, what, four and seven, five yeah. and six mark for a while. So it's a, it's a competitive league and you're just sitting at the top chilling. I think you, you would never know every week in our chat when you're freaking out and trying me, to buy teams off. Uh, it's just a weekly. I always assume when my team is good that it's smoke and mirrors. Did you have a good team though? This week didn't help with Cook and God. all. I mean, I didn't help either. I lost CMC, so I'm pretty much floating here at this point on that one but i i think if you compete in these leagues you're a relatively solid fantasy player at least i think play that is, against a lot of good people 
I think that's a very mature and very balanced answer from you. And I'm shocked to hear you say this. Why is that? I just, I just envisioned a, I envisioned a much more off the rails sort of response from you. I mean, to be fair, how many times, and I, this is not just me, others, I believe, notice this. How many times do you think throughout a given year, do you say something to the following? Everyone on my team is available. <laughs> I, I think I saw, I think I saw, in fact, I think in one league this past week, you said everyone except Jonathan Taylor is available. And then, then an I, hour then later, an hour later, you said <laughs> everyone is available. Because in my head, everyone always has a price. If you're going to offer me like Dalvin Cook and two first round picks for Jonathan Taylor, I'm giving up Jonathan Taylor. Sure. Because to me, everyone has a price because he's only going to be great for so long. I, 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 I play to win, but I still try to think about the future a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it doesn't look like it in one league. <laughs> but um, I thought I was good enough to hang for another year, which I may still be when you know McCaffrey comes back and all that. And then I'd worry about the future next year. Like I won't trade my picks when we go in the next season for the following season. Like I'll definitely start to like think about sending some players off and trying to rebuild a little bit, but I always play to win, you know? So I, I everyone's always available. And I throw that in the chat. I, and a lot of times I throw that in the chat because I just want to try to get people talking and wanting mm-hmm. to do things. Sure. Who doesn't love, who, I mean, listen, trading is one of the best parts in this thing. So I'm trying to get people stirred up. Like everyone's available. Hell, I, I put everyone was available in a league we can't trade in right now. <laughs> and I wrote it wrong and because Rob's in that league. And right. he was like, we're not allowed. It was last – the trade down was like last week. And I'm like, oh, shit. I wrote it wrong where I'm like – I wrote it like everyone's available when we can trade. And I wrote when you can trade. So I guess he thought I meant like, you know, when you're available. <laughs> but, yeah. So everyone's always available. That's all. It's easy. I think you made kind of an interesting an interesting point there, and I'm, I'm curious sort of what your philosophy is on this. I think it probably varies from owner to owner. So in a dynasty league where you, you – <laughs> Sorry. 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 You're good. So my, my wife and I, we took an edible like an hour and a half ago. Yeah. And I think it's starting to kick in. Nice. <laughs> nice. This is good. This is when the podcast actually starts. Um if you enter a year thinking you can compete, how long do you wait before trading picks? So if you're someone who you entered the season thinking that you had a roster that could compete and after, you know, after four weeks, if you are two and two, does that change your opinion at all? And are you less likely to trade those picks or how long do you wait before you're comfortable enough to say, yeah, you know what? This is this is a contender. This team is as good as I thought it was, and I can move those picks now. Okay, so it, it really it varies. Like in our league, um, I I didn't start off good. I'm pretty sure I started off like one and four. When you say um, in our in our league, in SF48. Okay, I, I think I started off like one and four, and then I won like six in a row. And once I won six in a row, I'm like, okay, I think I can compete. I just need to upgrade a, a couple spots. Let me move a couple of players that are not playing. Um, which obviously, it, I'm not gonna say it hasn't worked out yet. I think when you know Denver gets a better quarterback, um, Sutton will be more. <laughs> dare talk about Teddy like that. <laughs> um, Sutton will be more valuable again. So I think 
that's okay. But that one, it took time because I didn't start off great. And another, I'm in the 96 Superflex tight end one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that Rob's in, it seems usually really good, but I think he lost Eric Henry and is like going down the hole right now in that one. But that one, I traded picks really fast because I know my team is good. I, I, I try to hold back if I don't know how good the team is because I don't want to mm-hmm. give up like the 101 or the sure. 102. Right. But like that team, I already knew that my pick is going to be like 110 and later. Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally my favorite team. I don't ever think about it. It's my favorite lineup. Um, it's the easiest one I deal with because I don't have to think about who I'm putting in. The, my only debate every week has been like Joe Mixon or Chris Godwin, I think, with maybe a little Josh Jacobs sprinkled in here and there on buys. But um, that one, I traded him right away because I'm like, I need to get better. I needed a second quarterback, so I traded for Wentz. Um, I traded up for Godwin, actually, in that league. I gave up Waddle, which I'm kind of regretting a little bit now because he's been really good. But I gave up Waddle in the second for Godwin. I thought that was terrific at the time. You know, and this was early on, so I didn't see the progression from Waddle at that moment. Because um, that one, I like I said, I knew my pick would be late, mm-hmm. so I didn't care. I wanted the what I thought was better player at that moment. So you said I'll take Waddle on the second back right now. <laughs> well, right, sure. <laughs> but I still like Godwin. I still love Godwin. So you said that ninety-six Superflex tight end premium is the easiest lineup you set each week, right? Yeah, every week. Is easiest e- one I have. It's easier than the Sully's Empire League, where it's easy for a different reason. Okay. We both have crappy teams in that league, so I can say it. No, here, listen, I'm in another one with them in Garbo's, and I, I, I don't, I set my lineup for fun at this point. I, I do literally try to put the best players in, but I, I look at the matchups and say, hey, you know, Brian Edwards might eventually catch another ball again. Right. Maybe he goes off. I mean, I actually, and I told them this, like I, I put in the chat, you can never accuse me of tanking on purpose. I literally dropped the player to pick up Kendall Hinton, Hinton for Denver. Oh, so gosh. I think he's still listed as a quarterback on MFL. And I didn't play Tua because he, he wasn't supposed to play that week, but he ended up playing. And I think I had Justin Fields who was on by. So I picked this dude up just to put him in and Tua ended up playing and having like 13 points on my bench. And I had this guy and I put him in, he got like a zero. I'm like, <laughs> at least I tried, but that you're right. Okay. Yeah. That's a bad team. So it's easy. The last thing I want to ask you, because this is really, I think we've had some interesting questions, some interesting conversations, but this is probably similar to what are you drinking? This is what the people actually want to know. So talk to me about edibles for like five minutes. (laughs) Give me some, as someone who's never had an edible, like what's the allure here? What is the, you know, what is safe practice, if you will, for edibles? Just school me on edibles for a few. Uh, I mean, for, for us, it, it's relaxing. You know, life can be very high octane. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we, we own our own business, so we're constantly going and going. And it, it's like a, a release that can just, re, it just mellows you out. Think of it as like, uh, you know how people take like a, like NyQuil to put mm-hmm. them to sleep or uh, the, whatever the fucking Am- other shit is. Ambien? Yeah, yeah. Or anything like that. This it's bad that I knew that. Very, <laughs> this does a very similar process, but we're able to still function 
if need be. It doesn't put me to sleep. It just relaxes me. Hence why I can enjoy Sunday watching the red zone with my seven, eight, nine lineups and not want to break something Hmm. as I'm knowing I'm going to lose on Monday night to you because you had the better receiver that day. And I had a 12 point lead in that one. And Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) And I might be the only lineup that lost ever that week with Jonathan Taylor in it. And McCaffrey still got me 20 that week. I don't know what the fuck happened there, but it, you know, it's just, it's a way of mellowing out and just relaxing. And I, when I told you that winning and losing doesn't bother me, that's why, you know, I like doing it. It's fun. So it's fun playing fantasy football. And I like that. I found a a good group of people to be able to talk about it with, because I'm sure my wife is tired of hearing about it. I got to say, I, you know, it, it wasn't always this way, but I would venture to say that you and I exchange messages about various leagues. If it's not every day, it's damn close, man, at this point. Uh, you're, I, I, I tell her, I joke about this. I was like, I literally made friends from this. Like, I yeah. talk to Claus uh-huh. every mm-hmm. day almost. Pretty we much. just bullshit about something. We bitch about someone. Mm-hmm. Not personally, just maybe a terrible trade offer. Yeah. And we just vent back and forth because sometimes you need that person to just escape to him and and vent about something ridiculous so i say that to say it has truly been an honor to have you on this episode dude it was nice talking to you man we talk every day i know right you know you're one of my closest friends from this you sully leone even though i'm sure you won't like to hear that i mean (laughs) you know there's a few people i talk to all the time so it was nice i'm not this way though i mean I, i wish it was week what 18 17 whatever we got this year 18 well next year when rob takes in my you know reality tv ideas we'll see what we can oh, do to get, dude, to get put me in a house in. let's go we can record everything all right you, hey, man. they can vote us back on i love it i love it i'm down thanks for making time for this i appreciate it and i'm thanks. sure we'll be talking again soon thanks for having me on man and that's going to do it for another episode of the officially unofficial Roto Heat Guillotine League podcast. Thanks so much to Stebs for spending some time with me and chopping it up. We'll be back next week. Only six remain. After next week, it's down to five. And hopefully one of those six remaining teams, whoever goes home, hopefully they'll be here next week to talk about their time in the Guillotine League. Guys, thanks so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week.